0: This is Ria. Welcome to Little Stories for Tiny People. I've mentioned time travel before, and how I travel in time by sharing stories with you. I speak into my microphone on a particular day, with the studio spiders hovering above me, glaring. But you might be listening to my voice years into the future. My stories can travel across time and space to reach you. I do think of it as a kind of time travel. But our story today is about real time travel. The classic kind. The get-in-a-time-machine kind. I have always loved time travel stories, even when they don't make a lot of sense. Usually, if you think too hard about time travel stories, you end up tying yourself in knots trying to make the plot hang together. But still, I love them. Time travel stories always involve adventure and discovery and heroism. They're just fun. So I wanted to try my hand at creating one just for you. Let's get to it. It's called Mouse's Time Machine. Take it away, George. Remember, there's no
1: pictures. You can munch them in your mind. Mouse them however you want. Okay, here you go.
0: Squirrel was late, as usual. And he really wasn't supposed to be late today. He darted through trees still lush with green in early autumn. The forest was vibrant, holding over the summer humidity, enjoying its last sense of fullness before the gradual thinning of the leaves from the tall trunks all around. Squirrel dipped beneath prickly vines and leapt over a bustling ant mound, careful to keep his briefcase from getting caught in the tangle of plants around his path. Squirrel glanced at his wristwatch. 9.27. His boss's face entered his mind as he scrambled ever faster through the forest. If you're late to this meeting, don't bother coming in tomorrow. We need this sale. Do you hear me? Are you even listening? Why does it look like you're looking over my shoulder? We need this squeal, Searle. I mean, we need this sale, Squirrel. Stop laughing. And Ms. Whistledown will not tolerate latecomers. Last year, she ate my salesperson whole. Simply because she was two minutes late. And a mouse. That's besides the point, though. Squirrel, if I hear you are nothing except five minutes early to this sales meeting, you can bet... Ugh, Squirrel tried to shake off the warnings. So he was running a minute behind. How could he have known his mind would wander so much during breakfast? Old Ms. Whistledown could calm herself down as far as he was concerned. But you might be wondering, if Squirrel is always so late to his sales meetings, how did he still have a job? The truth was, Squirrel was the best. He made the most sales every quarter out of all the sales animals. The closest to him was a raccoon named Raj. Raj did well and was always on time. But still, Squirrel had an unparalleled knack for sales. His secret was he never seemed to be selling anything. Most of his meetings dissolved into friendly laughter within a few
1: minutes.
0: Squirrel, you're hilarious. After about an hour of catching up like old friends... Now, Mr. Zenny, tell me your trick for getting your aloe plant to look like that. Mine never look that fresh.
1: Oh, Squirrel, you're too kind.
0: My secret is to use an eyedropper and just add a few. Then, in the last few minutes of their time together, Squirrel would briefly mention a new product they might like. Just let me know if you're interested, and we'll send one right over. I'll even do the setup myself. And they always were interested. It was remarkable. All right, where do I sign? This unrelenting success on Squirrel's part was both satisfying and infuriating to his boss, who could not stand Squirrel's lateness, but also could not stand losing the business he never failed to bring in. But still, if Squirrel upset Ms. Whistledown, he'd never hear the end of it. Squirrel reached the base of the tree and readied himself to leap onto its trunk. He gazed upward for a moment, a moment he did not have, seeing the top of the trunk swaying, sunlight streaming through the canopy. When he saw something in his periphery, a flash of metal. He turned and saw an elevator. Yes, there was a shiny new elevator with its doors opened, sitting right there at the base of the tree. Squirrel hadn't been to a sales meeting of that tree in a year, not since he'd lost a client there, a chipmunk who'd decided to close his business and move on to a houseboat. Still, even having been away for a whole year Squirrel could hardly believe there was an elevator. I thought they only put elevators in oaks, he muttered to himself. He checked his watch. It was 9.28. If he took the elevator, he wouldn't rumple his suit. And he'd have a minute to collect himself once he got to Ms. Whistledown's office on time. Without delay, Squirrel scampered into the elevator and pressed a button. It was obviously the button to push, as it was the biggest, and it was placed on the right side of the doors. The doors closed. Squirrel smiled to himself and checked his watch. 9.29. He'd be up the tree in seconds. He could not believe his luck. Hello. Squirrel whipped around and saw a small mouse with bright, shining eyes, grinning at him. She must have been huddled in the corner. That was a bit strange. He nodded at her absently and wondered when the elevator was going to start moving. So, what do you think of it? The mouse said, smiling. Oh dear, Squirrel thought. He'd forgotten how awkward elevators could be. He also noticed that the elevator still hadn't moved. Must be broken. "'Squirrel muttered. "'He began searching for a door's open button. "'What do you think of what I built?' "'Mouse said. "'Squirrel felt his back stiffen. "'He turned and for the first time noticed "'that the mouse was holding a toolbox. "'You built this?' "'The elevators still had not moved "'and none of the buttons were opening the doors.' Yes, I built this. Squirrel looked at his watch, knowing it must be past 9.30. He was surely late. His boss's face again entered his mind. Squirrel, if I hear, you are nothing except five minutes early to this sales meeting. But the hands on his watch had disappeared. Squirrel blinked and tapped at his watch. What do you think of it? Squirrel frowned. He realized he was trapped in a non working elevator with a strange smiling mouse holding a toolbox and that he'd possibly just lost his job. His day had turned on its head in a matter of moments. What do I think of it? I think it doesn't work very well. How do I get out of it? I'm late for something important.
1: Oh, (laughs) well, I wouldn't worry about being late.
0: The mouse giggled.
1: And it works, I promise. I can see why you think it didn't work, though. Let me make a note of that.
0: The mouse pulled out a small notepad and scribbled, make it seem like it is doing something. Squirrel felt a shiver of fear run up his tail for the moment, he forgot about Ms. Whistledown. He forgot about his job. He had to get out of this broken elevator and away from this oddly enthusiastic mouse. Look, um, I-, I can see you spent a lot of time building this, and it is very cool. I was just wondering, how do I get out of the elevator? At this... The mouse burst into laughter. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, this
1: is funny. <laughs> this is a funny misunderstanding. You thought...
0: <laughs> the squirrel shrank into one corner thought... <laughs> of the elevator as the mouse continued to face, mutter cause... on about what a funny situation this was. The squirrel did not think it was funny. He imagined he would live out the rest of his life in this broken time machine. Squirrel's ears perked up. But I can see how you thought it was an elevator. I should make a sign. The mouse withdrew her notepad and scribbled another note. Make sign that says time machine, not elevator. Squirrel blinked. This is not an elevator. No. It's a time machine?
1: Yes, and you are my very first passenger.
0: Squirrel's eyes darted around with fear. How do I get out? Well, it's that blue button over there, but... Squirrel practically threw himself against the blue button. The doors opened. You might not want to do that. Squirrel ran out of the time machine, gripping his briefcase. The mouse remained inside the time machine. About 20 seconds later, Squirrel came hurtling through the air back into the time machine. He slammed into the wall with a thud. His briefcase cracked open and papers scattered across the floor. Close... (sighs) Doors! The mouse hit a button, and the doors closed. Through the large windows, they saw what looked to be an enormous armadillo pass through the forest. Squirrel peered at the mouse as he caught his breath. What... was... that... thing?
1: (sighs) Oh, that? That's just a glyptodon. A what? A glyptodon! It's an herbivore. It only eats plants. Well, it ate plants. It's been extinct for
0: thousands of years. How did we travel in time? I don't get it. Why did you make me travel in time without even telling me?
1: Whoa! I think we have another misunderstanding. I didn't intend to take you back in time at all. You did that. He's just in here fiddling with some of the settings. You came in and pressed the back in
0: time button. Squirrel furrowed his brow. I did? Yes, right there. Mouse pointed at the big button Squirrel had pressed upon entering. Squirrel went over to it. In the very center of the huge button, in the smallest typeface imaginable, nearly impossible to see, It read, back in time. Squirrel frowned. One of his eyes twitched. He turned to Mouse. Please take me back. I mean, forward. Whatever. I just need to get back to where I came from. Oh, sure thing. I must be very late by now, Squirrel muttered. The Mouse smiled. I doubt that. She pressed a button near her paw. There was a small click from the button, but nothing else. Okay, well, thanks for coming, she said. She pressed the blue button, and the doors opened. Wait, we're back? We're back. You clicked the button, and that was it? It didn't seem like anything happened. Yes, I'm going to fix that. It needs to seem like something is happening, doesn't it? Squirrel poked his head out of the time machine. The forest looked as it did when he'd first stepped in. He waited a moment. No glyptodon. He glanced at his watch. The hands were back. The watch read 927. He was back to where he started. Or back to when he started. Squirrel looked at Mouse. She was back to fiddling with the machine. Uh, bye, Squirrel said. Bye, said the Mouse. Squirrel scampered up the tree. He did rumple his suit, but he wasn't late. And an hour later, he made a sale. ha, <laughs> ha. All right, where do I sign? A week went by, and another... The leaves on the trees began to turn orange. Squirrel's business hadn't taken him back to the big tree, but his imagination had. On a bright, crisp morning, Squirrel returned to the time machine. He'd been thinking about it nonstop. As he approached, he saw the mouse crouching outside, working on something near the base of it. "'Good morning,' Squirrel said." The mouse looked up, her eyes bright. Hi, it's nice to see you. Squirrel smiled. He realized something now about mouse. She'd been kind to him, but he'd interpreted her kindness as a bit creepy when he'd first met her. Squirrel thought how funny it was that he viewed her so differently now. How's the time machine? Very good, thanks for asking. I added some important
1: features. Oh? Yes, I think you will be impressed. Huh.
0: Care to go somewhere? Or sometime? Squirrel glanced at his watch. He was already seven minutes late for his next meeting, which was a good three-minute walk to the river. Then he remembered that didn't matter. All right, well, get in. I think you'll really like the changes. They both got into the time machine. Squirrel noticed there were some new levers and buttons. The big button he had pressed last time now said, Back in time, in much bigger typeface. It was hard to miss. Okay, when and where should we go? Squirrel thought for a minute, then told Mouse his idea for a destination. Oh, sounds lovely. Mouse tapped something into her keypad. All right, you can hit the back in time button. Squirrel went over and put out his paw. Make sure you press the big button, Mouse said. Squirrel looked at the big button. There it was, a big silver button just waiting to be pressed. But right next to it, like right next to it, was a smaller button. What's that smaller button do? Don't press that one. There was something very small typed beneath the smaller button. Squirrel leaned in very close to be able to read it. It said, self-destruct. Self-destruct? Yeah, don't press that one. You put a self-destruct button right next to the back in time button? Yes. So if I press that button, the time machine will explode? Well, it'll implode.
1: Why would you... Sorry, I didn't really think that through, I guess. But as long as we don't press it.
0: Squirrel felt fear and regret rising in his throat. Maybe he should not have stepped back into the time machine. This mouse was kind, but Squirrel pressed the back-in-time button. The machine suddenly began shaking so much squirrel went tumbling across the floor squirrel now fully regretted ever coming back to the time machine had he just pressed the self-destruct button by accident no he was sure he hadn't he looked over at mouse and she was smiling serenely as if she were on the deck of a ship gliding smoothly through the sea squirrel took another tumble then all at once the machine came to a rest. All was quiet. Squirrel rose to his feet, cradling an ear. What was that? Oh, was it too much? Too much? What just happened? Last time there wasn't any of that at all. No movement, no sounds. Right,
1: yes. I added those in. What do you mean? Well, last time you gave me really helpful feedback that it seemed like the machine wasn't doing anything. So I added in those sound effects and shaking so that
0: when someone uses the time machine, they feel like it's working. So you're saying you just added in the sounds and the movement and they aren't even necessary in order for the machine to work? Yes, I added them for the experience. Squirrel blinked. This is ridiculous.
1: Should I reduce the movement? Was it too jarring? Yes. Okay, that is helpful feedback. Thank you. I'll remove them entirely. I'll make it back the way it was. Just a button click. Nothing else. Squirrel nodded, then stopped.
0: Wait. Well, actually... Maybe you should keep just a little bit of the shaking and some sounds so your passenger feels like the machine is working. Mouse smiled. Okay, I'll do that. She took out her notepad and scribbled, Reduce sounds and movement. Squirrel sighed and then began to shiver. He felt cold all over. Mouse's teeth began to chatter. Frigid air was streaming in through the seams of the time machine. They crept over to the window for a better look, remembering that they had just traveled through time and space. They gazed out at a harsh, icy landscape. The forest was gone. They were now on a glacier in the middle of the last ice age. Wow! Huh. "'Do you think we'll get to see a woolly mammoth?' "'Let's find out,' Mouse said, reaching for the door's open button. Before Squirrel could protest that his toes were already turning to little blocks of ice, the doors swished open. Without hesitating, Mouse scampered onto the icy ground. Squirrel followed, blinking his big eyes, barely believing they had made it there. It was a bit warmer outside— as they could now feel the sun on their backs. The air was cool and damp. Squirrel reflexively glanced up at the gray sky, searching for winged predators. He and Mouse certainly couldn't be out in the open for very long, at any rate. He watched as Mouse began sniffing all around, exploring this new world, her eyes sparkling with delight. Mouse stomped at the hard ground with her little foot, as if testing it. Pretty solid, all right. She stomped once more, and her foot sunk into an unseen tunnel, which caved in from the pressure. A moment later, a shrew popped up from the collapsed tunnel, blinking and scowling. Oh, hello, Mouse said.
1: I'm so sorry for collapsing your tunnel. I do things like that sometimes. Humph,
0: said the shrew. Uh, hello, Squirrel added. ''Hi,'' said the shrew. ''We are from the future,'' said the mouse, beaming. She pointed at the time machine, gleaming brilliantly in the sun. ''Okay,'' said the shrew, not getting why this was interesting. ''We, uh, wanted to visit the Ice Age, so this is it, huh?'' ''The Ice Age?'' the shrew said, looking around, squinting in the daylight. Mouse and the shrew chattered on a bit. Mammoth, you say? You'll have to describe it for me. Squirrel took in his surroundings. Birds flew in a V formation up above. He could see short trees and shrubs dotting the otherwise barren landscape. Far off, he glimpsed an enormous sloth-like creature plodding about. He could hardly believe they'd just traveled thousands of years in a matter of seconds and all because of mouse. It was a marvel. This small creature had invented a glorious machine that had transported them to this. You should run now, said the shrew, and she dipped back beneath the earth. Mouse and squirrel glanced around, perplexed for a moment, and then they saw them, a pack of wolves heading right towards them. Mouse and Squirrel ran as fast as their little legs could carry them, which for Mouse was simply not fast enough. Squirrel slowed for a second in order to lift her up onto his back, and he hurtled them both forward, the wolves gnashing their teeth close behind. With one final leap, Squirrel sailed into the time machine and smashed against the wall. He leapt up and hit the door's close button, and the doors snapped shut just before the nearest wolf could get more than the tip of its nose between the doors. It fell away, whimpering. Squirrel sighed with relief. Oh, that was close, Squirrel said, trying to catch his breath. The time machine was silent. Squirrel felt a prickle of fear travel up his tail. Mouse, he said, whipping around. The time machine was empty. Mouse was still outside. Mouse! Squirrel shouted and threw himself against the door's open button. The doors opened jerkily and Squirrel stumbled out again into the frozen tundra. It felt colder this time and his teeth chattered as his eyes searched for Mouse. The wolves were gone. Mouse! Squirrel called, but the bare landscape gave no clues as to Mouse's whereabouts. Squirrel stepped forward, and he stumbled, his foot going through the earth. Something squirmed beneath his paw, and he quickly pulled it up, thinking of Mouse. But it wasn't Mouse. It was the shrew again. Would you please stop collapsing my tunnel? That was my kitchen you just took out there. Sorry, Squirrel said. I really am sorry. I won't bother you again. Then Squirrel sat down and put his head in his paws. Defeated, the shrew sniffed at the air. Where's your friend? I think she's gone. The wolves, uh, I don't know how I'll find her. Squirrel squeezed his eyes shut, wishing this was all just a dream from which he could wake. He blinked his eyes open, and for half a second, he imagined it had worked until his eyes lifted to see the desolate, frozen landscape. The wind swept against his fur, and he shivered. His mind was blank. His whole life, he'd been able to talk his way out of trouble. He couldn't talk his way out of... Hmm, well then, it's good you have that thing. Squirrel blinked. In his shocked state, he'd completely forgotten about the shrew. Very lucky indeed. Very lucky you have that thing, the shrew said, nodding. Squirrel stared at her. What thing? That clock robot, or whatever it's called, the shrew said, gesturing behind Squirrel. Squirrel turned back. Of course, the clock robot. I I mean, the time machine. Squirrel leapt up. In his excitement, he dashed across the ground. And again, his foot went through a piece of the shrew's tunnel. Hey, you just crushed my raincoat closet. I'm sorry, Squirrel called as he ran back to the time machine, but I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix everything. A moment later, Squirrel was inside the time machine, pressing the doors closed button. He went to Mouse's keypad and examined it. He had seen her tinker with it and tap codes into it. He didn't know quite how to use it. He would have to figure it out. After going back and forth a bit about the order in which he should enter his destination Did that part go first or second? Ah! Squirrel keyed in the best guess he could possibly make. He crossed the span of the machine, closed his eyes, bracing himself, and reached out his paw to the back-in-time button. Then he opened his eyes to make sure he didn't accidentally press the self-destruct button. As soon as Squirrel's paw hit the back-in-time button, the jostling began anew, and he went tumbling around the interior of the time machine. For a few harrowing seconds, he was gripped with fright at the idea that he'd entered his destination incorrectly and he might never see. Mouse! Squirrel yelped. As he took one last tumble and knocked against the wall, Ouch! Squirrel shook off the injury and looked up to see if he could trust his own eyes. There was Mouse, looking serene as ever. She giggled, amused.
1: (laughs) It's me. Yes, I am here. How's your head? Again, I'm sorry about all the jostling. I will fix it for the
0: future. It's fine. Keep it. I mean, yeah, fix it, but I don't care. I'm just so glad to see you. Mouse smiled and peered at Squirrel. Well, here we are, just like you requested. The last ice age. Squirrel peered out the window of the time machine. He saw the barren landscape, the whistling wind. He noted that the ground was undisturbed, meaning the shrew was undisturbed. Her raincoat closet, too. He sighed with relief. He looked up to see Mouse's paw hovering over the door's open button. Uh, Mouse? Yes? Let's go somewhere else. Somewhere else? We just got here. Mouse peered at Squirrel curiously. Frigid air seeped through the seams of the time machine door. Uh, true. But... Well, the thing is, Squirrel hadn't intended to tell her the real story. He was a salesman, after all. And he was ready to sell her on the idea that he just didn't feel like going to the Ice Age anymore. He could have done it, convincingly. But something stopped him. Something told him he should tell Mouse the truth. That maybe... This was someone he should not try to sell anything at all. Squirrel took a deep breath and told Mouse everything that had happened. As Squirrel told her the tale, Mouse's eyes got bigger and bigger. Until finally, then wolves showed up. Wolves? Wolves. There they were, in the time machine Mouse had built. Squirrel... Told every detail of the story. And then I stepped on the shrew again. Again? And she reminded me. I had a clock robot. I mean, a time machine. And I could go back in time. Before it all went wrong. I could fix it. I could get you back. And you did. You fixed it. I'm here. I'm okay. Exactly. Mouse went to the window and peered out of it. Squirrel, look! Squirrel came over and they both looked out the window just as a pack of wolves passed by, looking hungry. The wolves didn't even give the time machine a passing glance. As quickly as they'd come, they were gone again. Mouse and Squirrel looked at one another. Well, Mouse said, This trip was dangerous. Very dangerous, Squirrel said with a solemn nod. And very risky. So risky, Squirrel agreed. Mouse grinned. And so fun, Squirrel smiled. It was pretty fun. Let's Let's get get out of of here. here, they said together. Mouse tapped something into her keypad and then pressed a small, unmarked button. The shaking and jostling began once more. I will fix it for next time! Mouse called as Squirrel went careening around the time machine. That was just their first adventure. Mouse and Squirrel went on to have many adventures together. After their close call with the wolves, they decided to aim for peaceful trips as much as possible. They went back a few thousand years to gaze at gliptodons from comfortable lawn chairs. On another trip, they quietly observed ancient horses from a perch in a thousand-year-old tree. Once, they simply sipped tea as they watched a long-ago sunset. On each trip, Squirrel helped Mouse refine the time machine by suggesting useful features and changing clunky designs. The terrible jostling during time travel was replaced with a light rumbling sensation. The self-destruct button was removed entirely. After about 25 trips, they'd gone from version 1.2 to version 4.3. Mouse was the brains behind the operation, and Squirrel understood the user experience. One day, Long after they'd become the best of friends, Mouse, Ever the Inventor, had a new idea. Squirrel, she said, just as they returned from a journey to an ancient tropical rainforest. Yes, Mouse?
1: What if we
0: went into
1: business together?
0: Business? Yes, a peaceful time travel business. Doesn't that sound nice? sounds perfect. It sounds, let's leave it there. Mouse and Squirrel's time travel business is perfect for another story at another time. I have a confession to make. I turned off my email notifications today. I just had a feeling I was going to get deluged with emails from the studio spiders and beetles about the plot problems in my time travel story. Because there are always some things that just don't really make sense when you wade into time travel. So yeah, I didn't want to get the emails. Oh, but I'm sure they're filling my inbox as I speak. I'll check them later. I hope you enjoyed this story. Logical inconsistencies and all. Have you ever written a time travel story? It's really fun. If you do, I would love to see it. Many of you have sent me your own wonderful, funny, inventive stories, and I always love reading them. Right after I leave here, I'll switch on my email notifications so I don't miss an email from you. Little Stories for Tiny People is written, performed, and produced by me, Rhea Pector. My in-house tech director, Peter Kay, runs my website and puts my stories on the internet for all of you to enjoy. You can visit my website, littlestoriestinypeople.com, to find my picture book, merch like t-shirts, and to sign up for my email list. Thank you so much to the listeners who provided the fantastic sound effects used in this story. Thank you to Essie, Isabel, Freddie, and Brooks. And a super big thanks to George for providing the important reminder message at the beginning. And thank you, as always, for listening in.